We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. We are in week two of the playoffs, the divisional round. I am Scott Jensted, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, looking forward to breaking down this slate. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, I feel like everybody's getting really excited about these games specifically. And I feel like it's one of those where you're more excited about the games than you are the DFS part of it. Um, because these are supposed to be like the best games. I mean, obviously next week you have the winners of these games, but... I think this is like the last like really fun weekend in the NFL. Yeah, it'll be tough to top last weekend, which was, I don't know if it was the best played, but like every game came down to the last three minutes. You know, Seattle, Philly kind of did, but those first three games, like we had a, we had some overtime action. We had, uh, except coming down to the last play, it was uh, it was fun, if not uh, a little frustrating to watch the, the Texans and the Bills just due to some bad coaching decisions and bad play. Oof. But uh, the games were the games were entertaining, if nothing else. I think you and I were chatting at the end of that Bills Texans game. Like, this is really bad, but it's kind of fun. So I hope it doesn't end. Yeah, it, it was fun in, <clears throat> but I still had the thought like maybe both of these teams should go home. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. Like if you're gonna play like that in the playoffs, I don't think you deserve to play. So, um, but yeah, as somebody who had Carson Wentz in cash last week and oh. fell four short four points short of the cash line everywhere, um, I was looking forward to just moving on from then from there and moving into this week that's i mean that's just brutal that's just i mean there's nothing else besides just really bad luck on them it happens you know we like we like dfs because you don't have to deal with injuries but uh 
when your quarterback gets hurt in the end of the first quarter, or whatever it was, uh, especially in kind of a kind of a questionable hit, uh, that really sucks. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think that's happened to me this year. Um, where like, and it's not like I was dead. Like I, I got pretty close. Um, but the the worst part was that they kept saying he was questionable to, to return. Like there was, he was never really like ruled out. So I kept sitting there like maybe he's coming, but like he wasn't coming back. So I just wish they had just told me he wasn't coming back so that I could just move on. But instead I was like watching that, that game thinking like, maybe what, like, is he coming back? Is he? And he never came back. Yeah. Both, both games, you those two gate two teams, 17 to nine. That's uh that's pretty crazy. That is silly. Yeah. So, well, let's jump into uh, this week. We've got the divisional week. So we've got all the teams that uh, had buys last week are at home. The 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs and Packers. Um, just look at the overall slate. We've got uh, the Chiefs, Texans is the highest over under 51. 49ers, Vikings is, is lowest at 44 and a half. Two good defenses here. 49ers favored by seven points. Um, you know, I think the key in this game is really if D Ford and Jaworski Dart and and Tart and Quan Alexander can play. The Niners defense was a different animal the first half of the season. They allowed a they allowed 26 points per game the last nine games after being really good the first half. So. I think it, it's hard to know uh, really how this game breaks out until we know if the guys are playing. It sounds like all three of them are. Yeah, I mean that's like a total game changer for them. Like, yeah. um, I actually think that that line might not, not. I think the line is appropriate. I think I saw it at seven today. But like, if there was one where I was like more confident that I think the a team just blows out the other, I kind of like the Forty ers uh, Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably too far invested to go fully right. there, but. Um, D Ford's a huge difference. I mean, yeah. their sack numbers when he was in versus when he was out are just just a huge difference. I mean, you can't can't double team Bosa. You go you go Bosa, Armstead, uh, Defoe, DeForest Buckner, and and, uh, and D Ford along the front. You, you and if you Quan Alexander plays, you go him with with Greenway and Fred Warner. Like you can have every other front seven in the league. That's the one that I want. But defenses didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fantasy yeah. football, Andrew. Isn't that what? Oh, you're talking about that them winning. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll get real, into whether they matter because there's a a pretty obvious guy that we need to talk about in that game. There is. And then uh, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the, the game you think you get out of hand. I actually think that's the Chiefs game. I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely roll te- uh, roll Houston. Uh, nine and a half point favorite. I like them to cover that. Over under 51. 36 degrees there. Sounds like no rain, no precipitation. So weather is not going to be an issue. Kansas City is the highest implied total on the board at 29.75. Houston did beat them, uh, beat them by a touchdown in week six in Kansas City. But I think it's fair to say this Kansas City team is much different than it was then. Uh, but is it definitely, I mean, they're definitely better, but like, are they, they're not like beginning of the season good. Like Mahomes has been awful for what yeah. he is. And so I think, you know, we keep going back with the like, oh, they're, they're getting better and, and all this. But like, if he's not better, are they really that much better? Yeah, I think they're healthier. I think their defense is coming together pretty well too. Their defense is pretty good the second half of the season. I think that, uh, I think this game sets up for a game where Houston just gets blown out. Okay, I agree with you. But I just wish that we had like, I guess there was that one game uh, against Denver that Mahomes threw for 340, but like he's thrown for over 200 yards twice since week 10, which is kind of, I mean, when you think of this team, it's obviously Mahomes. And I um, think like under under 200 in like three of those games too. Yes, yes. And uh, only multiple touchdowns twice, and they were both two, when he had 3-4-3 three, three in the first three games of the season, uh, all over 370 yards. So like um, there are obviously ways to like take advantage of the Chiefs if you don't think it's it's all Mahomes, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, as somebody who I like, I um, was considering them this week, and you're just when you look at him, you're just like the other guys that I could play. Uh, you obviously have to spend up for Mahomes, 
And there's just very little track record, recent track record that makes you feel like, yeah, it is a slam dunk. Yeah, they have won. They've won six games in a row, all by a touchdown or more in each game. But uh, yeah, the Mahomes stats haven't been there. I just don't know if maybe they, uh, maybe they didn't need to be there at all times. They didn't have to, to you fully blow it out last week. They kind of pulled back a little bit. But um, I think it's coming this week. I think uh, I think they just they just smoke them. Okay, fair enough. Ravens uh, Titans Baltimore's fair by nine and a half over under that game is forty seven. Interesting game, and in you know the Ravens have won twelve games in a row. But Tennessee's eight and three with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, do you think Tennessee can hang in this game? I, I mean, I said no about the Titans against everybody for right. 11 straight games. So, um, no, <laughs> I just think the Ravens are just way too good. And nine and a half seems like <clears throat> a pretty big spread for, um, for this Titans team. That's, you know, obviously went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots who may be way overrated at this point, but, um, I don't know, coming off the bye, it's like really tough to think that Tennessee is going to put up a huge fight against the best team in football, best team in the AFC. Sorry. Can I, AFC. Uh, you, you you go. Let's let's stick with AFC for now. Okay. Yeah. I th- saw a thing today that um, I thought I saw the odds of a Ravens Chiefs um, Super Bowl is now at minus one twenty five, which is crazy. Wow. And, really? Sorry, Ravens Forty Nine ers. Ravens Forty Nine ers. Ravens Chiefs yeah. obviously can't happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Ravens Forty Nine ers. I think I think it's Chiefs Niners is my pick right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the final game of the weekend, we've got the uh, we got the Seahawks heading to Lambeau. It's supposed to be like really cold there. It's a night game too. I think it's a, like a five forty start in uh, in uh, in Green Bay. It's supposed to be seventeen degrees, but no precipitation, so they probably uh, will have no issues there. Uh, that's our closest spread of the week. It's uh, Green Bay minus four over under. There's forty seven. Kind of falls right in the middle. I think the Packers are just frauds. Frauds? T- total frauds? Huh? Total frauds. Like I just don't. I don't believe in them at all. I don't. Uh, I don't like the Packers, but I think they win this week and then get smoked the next week. Uh, okay. I think they lose this game. Do I'll you really? Like, wow. Yeah. At home. At home. Yeah. Off, I just. Uh, I wish I could buy Seattle a little more, but you know it's gonna be a close game. These teams are. These teams are something like eighteen and three in games divided less. You know, decided by less than one score. Uh, uh, it's gonna be close. I don't. I don't know. I just. I, I kind of feel like Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like at home, but I agree with you that I don't I don't really love this Packers team. Uh, I like the defensive ends to to put some pressure on Wilson, but I don't know. I, I think I've kind of discounted Seattle maybe a little bit uh, too much over these last few weeks, and they've played really well. But uh, I'm still going Green Bay. They they look great defensively, which is really the big change. Like they were horrible defensively earlier in the season. Yeah, we, all, we obviously know what Russell Wilson can do. Um, backfield situation is a little sketchy, but when you have Wilson, like I don't know. I, I just. I think they're the Packers have been getting by with smoke and mirrors with Rodgers, and I just think that they get exposed this week. Interesting. That is that. That should be a that should be a very fun game. I think that's the game, obviously, with the, with the lowest spread. But yep. let's jump into the uh, the DFS side of it. Um, starting with the running back position, we've got. Uh, I guess we've got two guys at the top. I was going to put uh, three guys at the top. Sorry, we have Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry. All uh, Jones is seventy four hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Cook is eight thousand. Derrick Henry's eighty two hundred. Uh, how do you feel about the top end of the running back pool this week? Um, I think my first run through a cash lineup and my second run through. And I know people think it's crazy to play cash on a four game slate, but um, <laughs> I didn't have any of them. Really interesting. Yeah. I think that there are cheaper guys that are worth playing, and um, what that gets you elsewhere is more worthwhile than pay. Certainly, paying up for two of these guys seems nuts to me. Um, because you're really handicapping yourself elsewhere. Uh, you're also most likely pricing yourself out of the best play on the entire slate. And so, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable going with none of none of them. 
or at least I am saying it was this Thursday afternoon. I'm saying that. Um, but I also like didn't really consider Derrick Henry last week uh, against New England. Um, I think he was 10% owned in the DraftKings big uh, $25 single entry double up. So it's not like a lot of people were in on him. I played Dalvin Cook at New Orleans, which this matchup, like, you know me, we've talked about this all season. Like, I just don't like playing guys against San Francisco, especially out in California that, you know, Cook's going to get a bunch of touches because the offense essentially revolves around him. Right. But why am I taking up a running back spot on Cook against San Francisco or Henry against Baltimore? Like, I guess Jones is really the one that I think was the closest for me playing him. And I, I feel like I've never gotten Aaron Jones right. Um, and so that probably, you know, that obviously shouldn't affect how I feel about this week, but I think it might enough that at least of the three, I think he's the one I'm most likely playing. Uh, we obviously follow this really closely and we do this podcast every week. I was still shocked when I looked uh, looked today and I saw that Aaron Jones had 19 touchdowns this year. Did he really? Jeez. Yeah. 19. Um, he he probably had them in three games too. He did. He had a lot of, he had a lot of chunk games like that. He's clearly taken over for Jamal Williams over the last stretch. I know Jamal Williams was hurt, but he's in the last like three or four games. He's clearly been the guy, both snap count and touches, uh, 23 for 154 and two touchdowns and 25 for hundred the last two weeks. Uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott were pretty good against Seattle last week, even though they didn't have a quarterback, they were 20 carries for 94 yards combined. Seattle gave up multiple rushing touchdowns in the last four regular season games. I really like Aaron Jones this week. He's he's my favorite of that group also. Um, I worry about Derrick Henry getting game scripted out. I know we worried about that last week, but I think it's safe to say that Baltimore's offense is uh, a little more proven than New England's this year. That's fair, although like how much do they have to fall behind to them for them to like truly give up on Henry? Yeah, I, I mean, Lamar... Like if it's early, wait. then to figure they could just use him to run the game back, you know, run themselves back into it. Right. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll get fully out. He's he's way too expensive for me on Fanduel. He's ninety six hundred yeah, on Fanduel. I'm I'm not going to play him there at sixteen hundred more than Cook and fourteen hundred more than Jones. He's more in playing DraftKings at eight two hundred. But I think I still like Aaron Jones more. But I mean, a lot of that is because I think Green Bay wins that game, and I think the second half is a lot of Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's certainly how I read it. Other than Green Bay winning, but I think that game's close enough where he stays really active. Yeah, and I think the nice thing with Cook is that even if the Niners were going to head, they're obviously going to keep using him. They'll use him out of the backfield. They don't really have a you know a third down guy they're going to go to instead. So I, you're right, Cook's going to touch the ball a lot. Uh, but I kind of agree with you. I think that at the 49ers is probably not a matchup that I want to play 8,000 for. He looked really good last week. He looked healthy. Playing against a run a run defense that's really good. He didn't get to 100 yards. He almost did. He almost joined uh, Samaj P. Ryan from 2017. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think Jones is my favorite of this group, and uh, it wasn't super that close to me. It was a pretty a pretty easy call for me. Right, and so, but really, the way I was looking at it is not just the salary cost, but the opportunity cost of playing uh, one or two of these guys. When I think the better plays, probably straight up, are Raheem Mostert and Damian Williams. Like both of them are significantly cheaper. Um, they have the matchups in fa- in their favor, and if I want both of those guys then I obviously can't take two of the Jones, Henry cook group. And right. is the, uh, you know, 1400 to, uh, $2,200 difference, 2,400 between Mostert and, and Henry. Like, I think I could do a lot more with that, uh, elsewhere, especially on a small slate where you have not that many, um, kind of secondary wide receivers that you want to play, uh, where you start, you know, on, with four games, obviously we're used to having anywhere between 10 and 15 um no you can play secondary guys that are much cheaper tertiary guys but like they're those guys are are light this week and so uh if you want to play three of them 
uh, three of those really, really cheap guys. I mean, I played uh, your boy Tracon Smith last week because I was like, oh, he fit. I think he was 4,000, <laughs> and he had zero. But it's like you're you're going to have that in the playoffs at this point. Like th- You can you get are. by with a zero. Um, yeah, you can't I, get I liked, by with a zero. I liked Trayvon and Nikhil Harry last week, and they both did nothing. It was a that I, it kept me from some pretty good teams. I had I had a couple of really good teams that had zeros in there. It's just hard to overcome that when you know not everybody's playing those guys. It was uh, those two guys were both disappointing. Right, right, and and we're gonna have some guys that people play this week that are gonna have zeros just because there are only so many passes to go around, and yep. we have just limited number of wide receivers. And if you don't want to rely on so many of them, then paying up for three running back or two running backs even. Um, really handicaps you elsewhere, um, particularly when there are quarterbacks worth paying up for, there are tight ends worth paying up for. Um, like I think we we generally throughout the season have gotten by with paying down with tight ends, but we have like elite ones on this slate who are yes, arguably better than a majority of the wide receivers on the slate, and they're slightly cheaper. So it's uh, the line of constructions are going to be all over the place this week because there are – you know, it's all the people who are like, no, I'm going to play Henry for his 30 touches and I'm going to yep. play Cook for his 30 touches and I'll just ride that and hope that, you know, we'll get to the the cheap guys, cheap wide outs later. But, you know, if you want to play you know, David Moore and, you know, uh, Kiki Kuti, then you got to expect <laughs> some zeros if you want the 60 touches from your running backs. You just want to say Kiki Kuti out loud. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I always like talking about him. You mentioned uh, Raheem Mostert, 5,800 on DraftKings. I was a little surprised he was that cheap. He's 6,700 on, dra- on on FanDuel. Uh, you know, he doesn't get a ton of touch. He's not going to be the, the Henry uh, Dalvin Cook 30-touch guy, but really efficient, really effective. He had like six yards per carry. Uh, the 49ers are in a spot where they are favored by seven points. The game script should be set up pretty well. Uh, the, the Vikings played really well against uh, the New Orleans Rundy last week. Kamara and Latavius Murray were 12-4-42. But you look at the prior two weeks, I mean, D- David Montgomery, of all people, had 23 for 113. <laughs> lit them up for 23 for 154 and two touchdowns. And the key with Mostert for me is that he's now in on the goal line. He's getting he's getting the all all the plays inside the five, and that's huge for for fantasy scoring. Um, I think 5,800 Mostert was my my easiest one to, to slot, slot in there. I know it was for you, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we really looking at it, it was kind of like you look at the teams on the slate, and you're like, I know San Francisco runs the ball. And yep. not that I expected him to, to be priced with Jones and, and that group, but um, the fact that he's, like, barely more expensive than um, Travis Homer, or yep. he's actually less than Mark Ingram, which that probably makes sense, although Ingram's kind of, you know, obviously banged up. He, he's expected to play, but... The, the gap between Mostert and Carlos Hyde, who's only 800 less on, on DraftKings, it just like that, it just seemed easy for me. Yeah, I would have guessed about 66, 6700 if I had to guess Mostert's price beforehand. So I yeah. saw 1500 I was like, yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be popular. Um, so what, you mentioned Damian Williams. Um, we talked about him a bunch in week 17. I, I liked him then. He was a 4700 and he did pretty well, but he had, he had one long run that kind of saved his day. But Still super involved when he's healthy. Uh, he was he had 12 carries uh, in week 17 with seven targets. He had 16 carries and three targets in week 16. Uh, Derrick Henry killed this defense in week 17, but I don't I think it's fair to say that Houston wasn't really trying in that game. They didn't yeah. really have to play for very much. Um, Williams is interesting. He's priced back up to 6,000 this week. He's 6,900 on, dra- on, on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. Super involved in a team that should be winning. I think should be winning by a lot. It's uh, it's hard not to go most or Damian Williams and, and kind of just move from there, huh? Right, and <clears throat> that's kind of where I was at least, just because, like I said, it, it allows you to do some some better things elsewhere. Um, if Mark Ingram was like fully healthy, where would you put him in this group? 
I still, I think I put him third. I mean, I like, I like the situation. I like the setup, but he's just a guy that, you know, I think we know that 15 carries is kind of the max. But isn't that the case with Mostert? Yeah, I just think more explosive. So I would put him a little bit higher. I think that he, uh, a little more involved in the passing game too. I think that he can catch passes. I think that he's a little more explosive. Uh, Ingram probably has a better chance to score like a multiple touchdown game. But I, I think I'd probably go, I'd go Mostert one. Williams and Ingram would probably be really close to me. I might save the money, but those would be really tight if Ingram was fully healthy. But I mean, he didn't practice Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. The weird thing about Mostert and, and Ingram is that they're very different backs, but they're both very, like the, 12 carries for 130 yards is like totally in play. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. I mean, and Ingram has Lamar Jackson who takes so much attention that there are just gaping holes for him to run through. I love the way they use him. I just think, I think Gus Edwards either way is going to get, uh, going to get a number of touches in this game, uh, no matter what happens. And the scary thing is if Baltimore gets up in this game, uh, you got to think they sit Ingram and they don't push him in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems nuts to like, to actually play him. Um, would you put so he, Edwards ahead of Mostert and Williams if Ingram doesn't play? Yeah, those are my questions. What happens yeah. if Ingram doesn't play? Uh, he's $900 more than Mostert. I was a little surprised that he's that priced up on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's 5400 So uh, on FanDuel, I would go Edwards first in that group if Ingram doesn't play. But on DraftKings, I go I go Mostert for sure above him. No, M- and Most, again, Mostert's 900 more. Edwards oh, I is 4900 Oh, I had a wrong price on Edwards then. Yeah. I'm sorry. Edwards is 4900 Mostert's 58 Oh, I got you. I saw I saw Ron Preston Edwards then. Um, oh, that's that's tougher then. Uh, if Ingram doesn't play, I probably go. I probably go Edwards first. In that group at that price then. Yeah, I mean he's. It sounds like Ingram's going to play, it, or you know, it, it's, he's going to be active enough where he ruins both of them. Like that's how yeah. I look at it. At least, I mean, I I always look from a cash perspective, and you want a, enough of a clear path. I say that having Mostert and Damian Williams here, but the. <laughs> If, you, if I told you like at the beginning of the season that we were going to go into the divisional round and I'm like, yeah, you're going to play Mostert, Damian Williams, and Gus Edwards, how do you feel? <laughs> like, oh. like, what the hell happened? Yeah, what happened season? to this season? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's a good point. I, I Sorry, I had it on the, right, on the wrong price. I, if Ingram doesn't play, I think Edwards is an utter slam dunk, but I think you make a good point. I think if, if Ingram plays, you're right, he kind of ruins it for both of them. I, I think Edwards is uh, not, I mean, it's not an unplayable if Ingram plays, but it, it certainly makes it uh, a lot more difficult. Yeah. So there's talk I'd, that I play him over Carlos Hyde, even if Ingram plays. Like I would say so. Hyde is the next one because like the Chiefs have been like awful against running backs this season. Um, I I just think he gets I think he gets game shifted out. I think it's fast. So do you play Duke Johnson? Uh, it's funny because I thought my first thought was maybe Duke Johnson's useful in, in a PPR if they get behind, but they were behind last week the whole game to Buffalo and he had he had six touches total. Yeah, they just I, like. First thought was I looked at that. I'm like, I wonder how he did last week when they were, because they were trailing Buffalo the whole game. The whole game, yeah. It didn't really use him that way either. It was it was kind of concerning that um, in a game where they were behind, it should be a perfect Duke Johnson game script. He had three catches, three carries. Yeah. Only three teams gave up more receptions to running backs this year than, um, than the Chiefs. And they gave up the second most receiving yards. Amazingly, the Texans were actually first in both of those. <laughs> or second and first, excuse me. Yeah, I uh, I I like the theory of Duke Johnson. I was just a little concerned by his usage last week. I think that's a great way to put it. You like the the- you have the theory of him. Yeah, um, it sounded perfect until I looked closer, and I'm like, oh, I guess they don't use him quite as much as I thought they did. Maybe that could be one game too. Maybe it just didn't. You know, this, the way the Bills' defense works, it didn't work. But um, it should work in theory. I just uh, I concerned about the usage, and I the, the the Carlos Hyde thing is just strictly how I think the game's gonna go. I think Casey's gonna roll in this game, so there's no way I'm using Carlos Hyde this week. Okay, that makes sense. Does the talk that somebody mentioned this in our subscriber chat today that 
I don't know if it was Andy Reid specifically, but the Chiefs apparently have been saving LaShawn McCoy for the playoffs. Jeez. Does that make does that make any change? Like obviously that affects Williams more than like we're not gonna play McCoy. But like does that affect Williams enough that you don't play Williams? So the theory was they sat him the last two weeks to get him ready for this? Right. Yeah, I mean not that he's a terrible running back and that they have one who's significantly better. Right. But that they were saving him for the most important game that they'll play so far. To be honest, with you, I don't. I don't really buy it. I think that they. I think that when Damian Williams has been healthy, the usage has been there enough that I'm not overly worried about that. So the follow up to that, do you think it's more likely that Williams sees a big hit to his volume because of McCoy, or Mostert seems sees a hit because of Coleman and Brita? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think the 49ers will share carries more. Um, but I still think that Mostert is the guy, especially the guy in the goal line, which is, I think is the most important. Okay. That's fair. I, I think Breida will get touches. I think Tevin Coleman will definitely get touches. I think it'll be a game that uh, Minnesota struggles a little bit with guys out of the backfield. So I think that Tevin Coleman kind of fits well there catching the ball. So I think they're going to be involved, but um, they've been riding Mostert pretty well down this stretch with, uh, with most of the, a majority of the carries and definitely the red zone stuff. I think that, and I think he's so explosive that he can just bust one at any time that um, I'd be less concerned about the sharing there. I'd be concerned about it with Williams, but you look at the history and Andy Reid, when when he's been healthy this year, Williams has been the guy and there's not been a, a concern with touches in like the last probably the last five games he's played, uh, not not being injured. He's been he's been the guy pretty clearly. Yeah, I mean, those were all loaded questions about my own lineup. So thank you. Well, fantastic. <laughs> hope, hope it helped. Uh, before we get to uh, quarterbacks and receivers and notes, uh, get a free six month subscription to Rotowire free via DraftKings. Follow these easy steps to receive your free subscription today. Go to DraftKings.com slash RotoWire-2019 to create a new DraftKings account. Make your first deposit of at least $10, and you'll get a, a, a six-month RotoWire subscription for free. That's a $60 value. You'll also receive a free $3 ticket for one-day fantasy sports contest deposit in your account that expires after one year. Eligibility restrictions apply. Only new DraftKings users are, users are eligible. See DraftKings.com slash RotoWire-2019 for details. And yes, still 2019 in that, in that uh, URL there. Uh, quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, you seem like you are, uh, from what I was gleaning from you and talking about the running backs, you sound like you're a pay up at quarterback this week. Uh, before we get there, we didn't talk about the Seahawks guys at all. Uh, okay. You can go for it. Is that enough? Like I, I'm not playing them. So is that enough? Uh, I'm definitely not playing Lynch. Although they say they want to get him more involved and that scares me enough to probably just avoid both of them. Cause I think he might take some snaps away from Homer yeah. this week. I mean, he's definitely the, the goal line guy. So. Okay. Definitely the goal line guy, and they, they seem like they want to get him more involved. Green Bay hasn't allowed a running back over 90 yards since week 10. I think Green Bay wins this game, so I'm just not doing it. If I had to play one of them, I'd play Homer, but I'd play Gus Edwards. I'd probably play Duke Johnson instead. I'd Ooh. definitely play Williams and Mostert instead, and I don't even like Duke Johnson. I just I liked Homer last week. He was not good, but he played 44 snaps, so I like the opportunity. But um, the fact that they're thinking about using Lynch more just kind of scares me off both of them. Yeah, okay. Just needed to touch on oh. those guys. Um, so, uh, Lamar or Mahomes, uh, where are you going this week? Uh, this like really isn't close for me. Um, okay. mostly because I, there's just nothing from Mahomes recently that makes me think that I should play him. Like I was writing my article for this week. Um, so Lamar led the league in touchdown passes and that's, he, that's crazy by the way, he had the 26th most pass attempts. That's, he had, he had the six most rushing yards in the entire league. <laughs> and had the 23rd most rushes. 13 players had more than more rushing touchdowns, including Josh Allen. He's the only quarterback. Okay. He, he co-led the league with 11 runs of at least 20 yards. 
and his five games with at least 100 rushing yards was tied for the sixth most. <laughs> so you have like an elite running back who also led the league in passing touchdowns. He's a nine and a half point home favorite in a game with a 47 point total. He's the most expensive player on the slate. And I don't know why you wouldn't play him. Like, I really don't know why you would not play him. I I can't argue against him at all in any way. There's, I mean, he had three hundred three passing touchdowns in eight different weeks. You mentioned the hundred yards rushing in five games. I mean, it's uh it was an absurd season. Tennessee played well against Brady last week, but I, I don't really buy too much into that. Brady has been kind of uh, struggling most of the year. They only allowed three passing touchdowns three times all year, but they don't. They, the defense doesn't scare me. I, mean, I think they're they're better than Houston is, who's Mahomes is getting, but. Um, Lamar's just so electric. Uh, there's there's no way for me to really argue against him. I do like, um, if you're playing GPP, I like Mahomes uh, stacking with uh, with Tyreek Hill a lot this week. Um, Mahomes has been weirdly quiet. You mentioned that uh, earlier, even after coming back from the injury. He did have three touchdowns against Houston last game. I just think Houston's bad. I think this pasty's bad. Um, they're a bit better than they were after. Or they were being hor- they were horrible early on, but I think they're still gettable to me. Um, I just think Kansas City rolls in this game. So if I'm gonna, if I'm going to play some stacks there, I really like Mahomes, Tyreek Hill as a stack. I, I realize that I, Jackson's probably my favorite play quarterback, but um, in a GPP setup, uh, I do like the Mahomes-Hill stack a lot. Are you willing to go deeper than Hill? Deeper in terms of receiver yeah. or in terms yeah, of Kelsey? Yeah. Uh, receiver. Kelsey's uh, I have too a, I have a bold, I have a bold note on here to ask Ooh. you if there's a wide receiver too on Kansas City you prefer because I cannot find one that I can <laughs> it's um, actually It's actually written out on my notes to ask you that exact question. I mean, realistically, it's – Hill, Kelsey, and Williams, right? Uh, I think that's I think that's a top three too. I mean, Sammy Watkins had a good week one and kind of nothing since. And McCole Hardman scores touchdowns, but it's hard to count anything. Demarcus Robinson is all right for a little bit, but it was hard for me to find a cheap Chiefs guy. I want to go. I want to go stack. I'd love to get a cheap guy in there, but I couldn't pick one of the three that I really liked more than the others. And I just I hate to throw someone in there. That I'm hoping for you know one long touchdown and nothing else. I think that's the problem. Is that like you? If, if it was just one of them, you'd be like, yeah, I'll just throw Hardman in or Robinson. Yeah. Like, but the fact that it could be any of them, like, obviously that's a, a multi-entry, you know, perfect, perfect situation for that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how, how you do that, but like looking at the, at all of the quarterbacks, um, like I think Mahomes is probably the second best, but the only other one that I really thought about playing was Garoppolo. His price jumped out to me. I mean, Fifty six hundred DraftKings felt really low to me. I mean, the Minnesota defense is like has been better, but like, um, I'm not going to play Cousins. I'm not going to play Tannehill. No, I'm not going to play Rodgers immediately. So it's really I'm not going to play Deshaun Watson. And so, although I I get why people would play him, um, but when you're when I'm looking at like Lamar or Mahomes, Wilson, I feel like is he's not really that close to Mahomes. Now, I mean, he's nine hundred different or less on um on DraftKings but the the huge game out of Wilson I just I'm struggling to see in this game even that I think they win but like Garoppolo yes they like to run the ball a lot but he's had some huge games this year and yep. they're big favorites so why not uh I think he's playable at 5600 I mean I think you could you, it's it's hard to figure out who to stack him with uh you know we talked about it a little bit earlier but you know Sanders and Debo and George Kittle it's hard to figure out which one but if you pick the right one um, you know, the pass games have been good. He had a lot of passing. He had like 28 passing touchdowns this year. Um, a little bit quiet the last five weeks and playing tough teams. So he only really played poorly in that Atlanta game. The other games he played pretty well, just didn't work out passing touchdown wise. But 
you know, the Vikings D looked really good last week. I think people obviously reacting to that. They shut down Drew Brees, which nobody really expected. Uh, they've allowed more than two, pass, two passing touchdowns only once since week seven. So they have been good against the pass, but you're right. I mean, they're, the Niners at home, they're favored. Um, I think they can open it up if they need to. I think that if you're going to play Garoppolo, you really have to hope that Minnesota scores 17 to 20 points too, though. Do you have any quarterbacks had more passing touchdowns than Garoppolo this year? Probably no more than like four. Four? Yeah. Lamar, Winston, Wilson, and Prescott. Oh, you just had to get your boy Jameis in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, obviously the volume isn't that high. Um, I mean, we're looking at, um, like, Mahomes threw more passes and played two fewer games, and one of which he was hurt anyway. So it's not like... They, they hit big chunk plays, though, because yeah. they're just playing the run and watching the run. I mean, and you've got three, I think we can call them legitimate weapons, and Kittle, Sanders, and Debo. I mean, I think that... It's hard to find a quarterback right now with three good weapons like that. You can you can certainly see a three touchdown game happening here. Yeah, I think given the salary of all of the guys above him, I think Garoppolo is the best play after Mahomes. Yeah, I, I agree there. As I dropped down, uh, the guy I wanted to play underneath there was Garoppolo. Um, Wilson and Rogers, sixty six hundred and sixty five hundred respectively. No interest for you in either of them. Do you have? Do you have I, I agree with you on Rodgers. I don't think you can play it right now. I think Wilson, the way this works is if Green Bay does get up in this game, Jones scores a couple times. Um, when Seattle has to throw, he's really damn good. It's a problem that they like to run the ball so much. But without the running backs there, they threw for 325 yards last week in a game that uh, they didn't really need to throw. I mean, they were up in that game. It was close. It was low scoring. Uh, but he threw for 325. I think that having no Carson and Penny and uh, C.J. Prost, I think it, they rely on him a little bit more. So I do like him more than most, but I think I'd probably go a thousand less for Garoppolo too. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way I play Rogers, like no way. Yeah. I would just, I would just play Wilson in the set at the same. Exactly. Place. Exactly. Yeah. So let's jump down to the wide receivers. Uh, at the top, we have kind of, uh, it looks like there's, there's three guys over 7,000 kind of the elite guys this week. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and DeAndre Hopkins, 78, 76, and 7,400 respectively in those three. Uh, do you have a favorite among the, the three stud receivers this week? Um, I, I think that uh, Adams has the highest floor and Hill has the highest ceiling. Uh, that's a pretty good way to put it. I mean, Adams' targets are insane. They're 13, crazy. 13, 16, and 13 the last three weeks. And it's clear that as they've gone along, Rodgers does not trust any of those receivers. Alan Lazard a little bit, but he doesn't trust Jerome Allison. He doesn't trust Marquez Valdez, Scantling, any of those other guys. I mean, Adams is just, I mean, they're hyper-focused on him. Five touchdowns last six games. Wide receiver ones lit up Seattle most of the year. A lot of big games against the Seattle secondary by wide receiver ones. Uh, I agree with you. I think Hills, or I think Adams is kind of the safest floor guy, but I, I love Tyreek Hill as a ceiling player this week. Yeah, I, I don't know how you could not. I mean, obviously Hopkins has shown so many times that he can just beat anybody, but... <laughs> The, yeah, he had zero catches at halftime, and he still ended up with 690 last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I think if you want exposure to the Texans passing game, paying up for Hopkins when he's so just slightly cheaper than Hill and Adams, like, I think I'd rather just, you know, fuller starts or or stills, like, guys like that. I just don't, they, I, I mean, you have to think that they're passing, though, right? Like, they're... Yeah, that's my thing is I could see Hopkins with like 12 second half targets alone pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And it's the playoffs, right? They're not going to give up. They're not going to shut it down. If they're down 21, they're still going to be throwing the ball. And um, that's the way that I think Hopkins really works is kind of a, a, you know, 11 catch, 110 yard touchdown game that could really be pretty valuable. Do you think he is better than the Seattle guys? Seattle guys are tough. They're both so good, but you got to figure it's kind of the, the Tampa Bay problem we had earlier in the year is you got to figure out which one. Uh, both really involved. DK Metcalf was huge last week with the seven for 160. But Tyler Lockett 
has nine plus targets in four straight games. It was kind of he had that target lull early in the season. Where we're like, all right, well, we're just gonna stay away from lock at the price because you know he's just not getting the targets. But they're there now. I think it's gonna be a great game script. I think Green Bay is gonna be leading this game. I, I kind of like both of them, but I'm having trouble figuring out which one I like more. Yeah, the the only reason that I side with Metcalf is if the targets are similar, but the a dot is so much higher for um, and. And red zone stuff. Like, he's just a beast. Yeah, I guess looking at it now, it's not so much higher. I was dramatic about that. But, um, yeah, the red zone stuff is there. And I just, um, yeah, part of me is, like, I actually don't really want to play either of these guys. Um, certainly in cash. Like, I don't know. This is, this is a similar situation. Like, I realize it's an $800 difference between Metcalf and, and Hill. But, like, I find the 800 Like, that's a significant difference. Um, the only thing I know about these guys is that I'm definitely playing them over the Minnesota guys or AJ Brown. Yeah. The Minnesota guys who apparently Stefan Diggs is sick and Adam Thielen cut his ankle yesterday in yeah. practice, not practicing. Like I assume they're both playing Diggs not going to sit for a sickness and Thielen's not going to sit for a big cut. I, I imagine they're both going to play, but he got stitched. Yeah. It, yeah he, I, just, I don't know what he did, but he got stepped so, on. Oh, did he get stepped on? He got no. stepped on. Not fun, but he's going to play though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play through that. It's hard to figure because if I'm at Minnesota, I put uh, B.C. Johnson on the right side of the field and let him run routes all day against Richard Sherman. Then I go digs to the left and I put Stilley in the slot and I don't move those guys the whole game. I don't know if they're going to do that. They haven't the whole year. They move Thielen around a lot, but there's just no way I'd, I'd waste either of them on Richard Sherman's side of the field right now. Yeah, I mean... Should I, should I not give them the game plan for how to win? <laughs> Damn it. I think we all know that the Minnesota uh, coaching staff listens to this podcast, so... Mike Zimmer's tweeting me all the time, so he must be listening. That's right. right that's right. Um, I mean, I, I just look at it as I'm playing guys against the two best. Uh, in, I'm including Brown in this only because he's uh, price-wise in between Diggs and Thielen on DraftKings. But, like, why am I playing receivers against the two best defensive teams that are left, which are two of the best defensive teams in the NFL this year, um, especially when these guys are more expensive than the 49ers guys, who you brought up the whole, like, we don't know which one – is going to be the guy this week, but I feel like I'd still rather take my chances that I get one of them, that I get that guy right for up to a thousand dollars less than try to think like, Oh, this is going to be the time that Thielen or digs like you, who knows if you get that one, right. Yep. Uh, and AJ Brown, like, uh, I think he's a great GPP play. Cause I don't know why you would play him. Yeah, I mean, he's facing Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters. Right. Um, the, the only reason you do play him is if you think it's going to be a nice game script, I'm going to throw the ball the whole second half. But um, if I had to go one, I'd go Diggs over Thielen just so uh, just to get that out there. I think that he matches up better against the 49ers secondary. I think they'll move him. I think he'll play a lot on the left side of the field against uh, Akella Witherspoon or Emmanuel Mosley. Mosley came in late to the game uh, against Seattle because uh, Witherspoon was getting absolutely torched by yeah. DK Metcalf. But um, I'd go Diggs. I think he I think he profiles a little bit better against them. I think that the uh, the the only what he had a couple targets last week. I think that maybe they will make sure to game plan him the ball a little bit more. I'd play Diggs if I had to between those two, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think I'd go Sanders and Debo instead. Well, you can only play one, though. I'm going to go. Uh, I know you like Sanders more this week. Um, I think I'm going to go Debo just because of the fact that he touches the ball two or three times in the rush game, too. It's not even that I like Ma Emmanuel Sanders more this week. I just like him more, period. 
Oh, he's a great player. But I'm just not... a Manny guy, that's all. But yeah, no, I think the rushing and, attempts. And a playoff situation that Sanders is going to, they're going to rely on him, especially if it's a close game, they're going to get him the ball. Right. Um, I think Debo's a little more kind of boom play, and I like the way they use him on the reverses. He gets, I think he has like, uh, he has like nine carries last five games, getting like two carries a game, which you just like that. And the way they the way they set stuff up to it usually works, and they usually a play that, you know, has a chance to get 10, 15, 20 yards, and that's, that's pretty nice for a receiver to toss that in there. Yeah. Touchdowns uh, in back-to-back games. Yeah, that nice spin move on the on the mm-hmm. sideline against Seattle was sweet. But uh, I agree with you. I think I like both of them more than more than Thielen for sure, and and probably a little bit more than Diggs. Okay, that's fair. I think I, I agree with you. Do you uh, do you even think about anything to do with Will Fuller this week? He's five thousand on DraftKings. Obviously, very explosive. My problem with Will Fuller is he partially practiced Wednesday. They play Sunday though, so like there's we're not going to know a status on him when we have to set our lineups on Saturday. I guess you could late swap him in. But uh, I don't know. He's just he's just so concerning. He could play three plays and get hurt. I just so so much upside, but just so the floor is zero. <laughs> I mean, you're the, he's not like a high volume guy anyway. So right. it's not like you're you're like I'm going to miss out on eight to ten targets. So you do have the with the late game. Like if if Fuller doesn't play, like Stills is I think is a perfectly fine alternative. Like it obviously helps Stills if Fuller doesn't play. So the fact that they play Sunday, I don't think is is that bad only because you have you have stills there theoretically you could get one of the cheaper seattle or green bay guys as well but um i i don't play fuller this week i don't do it so talk to you about uh, cheaper wide receivers guys under five thousand. is there anybody that uh, you're really looking to play this week um i think any of the kc guys are worth gpp plays like hardman robinson watkins are all around the same price Right. And they all could do anything. I mean, when you're in this range, like if Watkins puts up a two for 20, like you might be able to get away with that um, because he's cheap. And so uh, hopefully you're using that extra money um, that you're not paying, you know, Hill at 7,600 to to spend up elsewhere. Um, I think you can make a, a case, I guess, for David Moore um, of Seattle. He um, had four targets last week, only 3,900 on on DraftKings, so I think that's that's fine. Um, I was hoping that you could convince me that Kendrick Bourne is going to score this week. I think you've uh, accurately just, predicted every touchdown. Touchdowns. <laughs> um, so we had, a, we had a couple showdown weeks when I nailed him for you. That was nice. Yeah, you were just like it's a Bourne week, and somebody I think I actually captained him in one of them did, and, I when he awesome. scored, and everybody on our subscriber chat was like, "How did you do that?" And I was like, "Oh, I just liked him this week. I took full credit." Um, that I'll admit now as you should yeah um but I like I mean we jokingly mentioned Kiki Kuti before but like I don't see a reason to play him particularly if um if Fuller is active I mean if he's not then I I I get it like they should be throwing a bunch he's only 3,300 on DraftKings um he probably makes more sense than BC Johnson who's the same price um who they're going to sacrifice to Richard Sherman anyway Oh, that's true. That's true. So forget it. Um, I, uh, but then, like the I, lesser Tennessee guys, like yeah, I don't play Corey Davis. Like, come on. It's for, I hate Corey Davis. <laughs> He's the worst. I mean, do you try to rely on Lazard or Allison? I, actually, I really like Lazard. You do really like him. DraftKings seventeen targets yeah. in the last two games. Uh, I just think that Rodgers has finally found someone he sort of trusts as a second wide receiver. I think if Seattle's smart, they double and do whatever they can on Devontae Adams. I know that's not easy to do. They move around a lot. But I think Seattle's smart. I think they're going to really focus on Adams. I think Lazard is going to be involved. And at 4,500 with Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of all I want is involved. And I think at 4,500, he's he's the best play down here. Okay, that's fair. 
What do you it. do with uh, What do you do with Hollywood Brown? Um, he's cheap. Forty four hundred. He's cheaper than Lazard. Yeah. Um, I mean the volume is just not there. Like that's the biggest problem. Like hasn't topped, hasn't topped four targets since week twelve. Um, hasn't topped fifty yards since week ten. I'm looking back now. It's actually since he's only had one game above four since week five. Obviously, oh, he was he was hurt uh, six seven eight nine or there was a buy somewhere. But like week nine through the end of the season was four 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 seven two three four two two. Those are targets too. They're not even catches, although the guy does catch most of them. So, um, and, and you can see the seventy yard touchdown coming at any point the way that they play. But uh, I just I don't I I think the volume's not there. I'd actually go Lazard over him, which might sound crazy. Certainly would have sounded crazy in week three, but I I prefer Lazard this week, and he's my favorite uh, down here in this range. Yeah, I think with the all of the emphasis on how much Lamar runs. I don't think like a Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, if he plays Lamar stack is crazy. Like, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, just he's gonna, someone's got to catch a touchdown pass. Right. And a lot of them. Right. Right. He and throws guys, more than anybody. So yeah, guys are open because every linebacker is watching Lamar like a hawk. Right. Right. So I, I think, I mean, for GPP, I think he, he absolutely should be in the player pool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree there. Uh, I, I think I prefer Lazard a little bit more as a, as a floor guy, but yeah. uh, if you're going upside, Hollywood Brown certainly makes a lot of sense yep, there. Totally. Uh, tight ends. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got the two elite guys. We have Kelsey and Kittle 6,400 on DraftKings for Kelsey 6,200 for Kittle. Uh, you mentioned Mark Andrews. He's going to play 5,600 on DraftKings. Uh, those are the only three, like above 4,000 I would consider. Uh, do you have a favorite among the three? Uh, I think it's Kittle. Um, and I'm not saying that cause I'm doing this with you. Like I think, uh, Kelsey is next and then Andrews. But I think really what you need to look at is if you pay down at tight end. And I mean, there are guys that we've, that I've certainly paid down with all season. I mean, I played uh, Darren Fells last week. He's 3,500. Hollister's 4,000. At that point, it's like, I'll just take the cheaper guys. Johnu Smith is 34. Kyle, Ru- I'm not going to play Kyle Rudolph or Jimmy yeah. Graham. But game, um, game winning walk off touchdown. Yeah. Um, but I think what you really need to do is decide if Kittle and or Kelsey, like which wide receivers are better than them. Like forget about price, but like yep. Kittle at thirty-two, excuse me, at sixty-two hundred is the same price as Thielen. He's two hundred more than AJ Brown, and like there's no way I play those guys over Kittle. I, I like no way. Like I don't even right. think it's that hard of a call. I think it's it a little bit harder if you get to Lockett Metcalf. But the guys are the guys right in that range. I, I have a hard. I, there's no way I play AJ Brown or or Thielen over Kittle. I right. agree with you. Or over Kelsey too. Right. Well, I was going to say I think I play Kelsey over the Seattle guys too. Like I just. Um, I mean, dude has he has he has nine targets in every game since week eleven. Right. Right. Like I think there there are very very reasonable GPP lineups that include Kelsey and Kittle, um, because you can get cheap long touchdowns. You know, if you have. Uh, a combo of like the the cheap wide receiver we're just talking about Lazard and um, uh, any of the Kansas City guys, <laughs> you know, like right, right. So I mean, I think you could play both of them because really, when it comes down to it, if if we had like a wide receiver tight end, uh, you know, like combo, right. Um, I think Adams Hill and Hopkins really are the only ones who are better than Kittle and Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, Kittle's got 31 catches the last four games. His only bad game in the second half was that that game in Baltimore. It was it was raining and pouring, and you kind of throw that one out. Right. 
They're going to scheme to get the ball. Kyle Shanahan's had two weeks to scheme him to get the ball. You know it's going to happen. Um, and Kelsey's just such a monster. He's got 60-plus yards, eight straight games before week 17. It was a little bit quiet there. But I agree with you. My point was on, the, on these was going to be I, I really could see playing two of them, and uh, I like them more than the receivers in that range too. Yeah, it, I mean – like I said, it's those three wide receivers, and I don't even really love Hopkins. Like I, he makes ton of sense in GPP, but like other than Hill and Adams, I think Kittle and and Kelsey are also the safest wideouts on the slate or pass so catchers. I'll call them that. Mark Andrews going to be severely underowned then? Is everybody's going Kittle and Kelsey? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's a little cheaper, um, but really not that much. I mean, he's eight hundred cheaper than Kelsey uh, on DraftKings and six hundred on. Close enough where you can see people like, ah, I just got to pay. Yeah, let me just get Kittle. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think Andrews is like, like I said before, if you're, if you, if you think Lamar passes to fantasy prevalence, then it's Andrews and Brown that you want. And so I think, you know, stack wise, those are the guys, but as, as one offs, Kelsey and Kittle make much more sense. Yeah, I mean, Andrews had 10 touchdowns this year, three touchdowns the last two games, six of seven games over 45 yards. So still very much involved and with a with a very potent offense. I could uh, I could see him going under own for sure and be interesting. Among the cheap guys, if you had to go down here, is, is Hollister kind of the only one that you maybe will feel okay playing? Um, I mean, I thought Fells is fine, like if, if they're going to be throwing. And, um, and that, you'd need Jordan Aikens probably to be out. Yeah, to do that. yep, yep, uh, definitely. Um, sounds like he's, <coughs> excuse me, still limited practice this week. But I, I don't know how you make, like, a realistic argument for any of these guys. Like, I think Hollister's fine. Like, I think they're all fine. Um, but I think they're significantly worse than the top guys, which, uh, you know, earlier this season we had, um, you know, like, Tyler Higby was cheap and we had all the guys playing against Arizona and, like, you could get away with it. Tyler like, Higby had 100 yards in every game for, like, six months. Right. But And he was, like, 3,800 for half yeah, of it. Was, it was wild for a while. Though. Yeah. And so um, – yeah, like I think you could get away with stuff like that. But this week, I think um, because we're kind of I, – I think a lot of lineup constructions come down to paying down at wide receiver, even though uh, I understand paying up at wide receiver so that you can get the safety of the targets that Adams and, and Hill get. But Kittle and Kelsey, I think – Get those you, targets, yeah. Right, right, they get those targets and they're cheaper. Yeah, And fill I, a position that, that – like I, it's very possible that everyone except – Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, and Hollister could finish with zero. Yeah, that, very true. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play that game, then I might as well play a wide receiver who could go at zero or get a ninety yard touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you give me you mean Marquise Brown or Lazard, I play him over those tight ends right. so easily. That's not even close. Right. That's how I looked at it. So uh, wrap up here with uh, with defense. I think probably the four home teams are, are probably who's in play. Do you have a do you have a preference for uh, kind of where everybody's priced at? The home teams are Ravens thirty six hundred on DraftKings, Chiefs thirty two hundred, Niners three thousand, Packers twenty eight hundred. I guess you could maybe throw Seattle in there if you like them, but I, I don't think anybody's going to play Minnesota, Tennessee, or or um, Houston. I think Seattle's awesome. Okay, how much are they at DraftKings? Twenty six hundred. All right, like they're less than Minnesota. Slap in the face to your 49ers, sort of. It is a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, do you just not like Aaron Rodgers because you don't like all everybody in Wisconsin or what? No, no. And I mean, I have to be very pro with Wisconsin given who I work for. But exactly. Um, no, I just, I, I really don't think they're good. Like I put it that way. Like it, it shocked me that they figured out a way to get a buy. Like I just, the, the way that Rodgers has been playing um, and obviously he doesn't turn the ball over much. So, you know, that's kind of what you want in a defense, but I don't know. I I I'm believing in this Seahawks defense now, and the Packers are. It's like it, 
not to say that they can't like continue to get by on smoke and mirrors, but I really feel like that's how they get by. Um, and so, yeah, I'll play the defense against them to save me some money. I I like the Kansas Chiefs City's the best one though. Yeah, I like the Chiefs D for thirty two hundred on DraftKings a lot. Multiple sacks in seven straight games. Deshaun Watson got sacked seven times at yeah. Buffalo last week. I think they're going to roll in this game. I think they're going to score maybe a defensive touchdown. It'll be that kind of game where it's going to be crazy in the second half. Just Houston trying to come back. I really like the Chiefs at thirty two hundred. Um, assuming D Ford's practice stuff looks good, I like the Niners at thirty thousand. I think the sacks will come back. They have not had a lot of sacks the last five weeks, but I think that if the front seven is healthy and Tart's playing in the at safety, I think the sacks do come back. Um, I go Chiefs, then Niners, then probably Seattle. Right, like I definitely play those those teams over the Ravens. Uh, I do too. Uh, Tannehill does take sacks, but uh, I think that uh, the, the Derrick Henry, you know, run the ball so much, and it, it, you have to think that Rabel's game plan in this game is to run the ball and use as much clock as possible, keep them out of the field. I just you don't like that for a defensive setup. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody else uh, you want to talk about? Anything else you want to talk about in these games before we get out of here? Are you how happy are you? The Patriots lost. Oh my gosh. I mean, and like exposed, like they as close as the game like looked, but to see like Tom Brady's season end on a pick six, oh my gosh! As a Jets fan that has struggled for my entire Jets fan life, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I don't take credit for a lot of things, but I think on that week nine we said on this podcast the Patriots just weren't very good. Um, I, I'm I probably never admitted that because like there's so many times where I feel like they've <laughs> looked like that, and then all of a sudden there he is raising the trophy again, but. And I, I, actually thought, I thought they're going to win last week just because of that. I'm like, you know, they're just not going to go out at home. But uh, they, uh, yeah, they just, I mean, that, that Miami game week 17 showed a lot. And then uh, to get beat at home like that, it was, uh, it was a rough ending. Uh, they, all things have to come to an end, though. Yeah, I mean, it was to the point where they were on the, their own one-yard line with nine seconds left. And I was like, they're not out of it. <laughs> You're like, like where, where's Gronkowski? Right, that's, that's how I feel about the Patriots at this point. I, I believe in the go. Patriots more than Patriots fans. I know you got to go. Last thing, does Brady play for them next year? Yes. Yeah. I didn't think so a couple weeks ago, and now I kind of lean in that way too. Yeah, I think it, I think the dynasty keeps it, it extends, but I don't think they're going to be any good. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version for Divisional Week uh, 2020. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. We just enjoyed listening all year. If you did, please rate or review the podcast. Leave a bunch of stars. Leave a nice comment. Does go a long way towards helping people find the podcast, helping the podcast out. We greatly appreciate that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Scott Jenstead. Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. Happy to answer questions on there too. Other than that, uh, take care. Go Niners. Hope everybody has a good week. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.